This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Yeah, it's it 108. Friday, I know. Sorry to the people minutes. in the Three chat room. Late. My bad. Yeah, I know. I've been so good at being on time, and I just, uh, a big Friday show. What are you going to do? Just because Mark's here doesn't mean you have to uh, pick yeah. up his bad habits. I should have purchased clocks for everybody for Christmas. That's what Well, I'm happy new year to you. The last show of the After Party Live for 2023. So it's good. It's good. Uh, we want to thank uh, Kim C for twenty four ninety nine. Oh, Super Kim McAllister thing. is Oop, with it. That's Kim McAllister. That's the wrong button. There we go. You don't want that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we got. Uh, there's a. Thank you very much for the contribution. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a little scared and melancholy about the start of 2024. Oh, usually I don't have this kind of dread, but I think with the presidential election on the way in, I'm just feeling kind of uh. Well, that's why we don't talk about politics on the After Party Live. So let's talk <laughs> right. about ducks. Oh, An I Arctic like duck. duck was rescued during a rare visit to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Animal rescuers said this rare duck normally found in the Arctic was taken in for examination after turning up in the middle of an Indiana town. Hancock Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation said the one-pound long-tailed duck was found oh. by a young girl in Greenfield and given the name Rosalini. Ah, Rosalini. The Cute. duck normally found in the Arctic and northern coastal Areas was brought to the rescue where she was found to be a bit weak but uninjured. Officials said they do not know how Rosalini came to be about 25 miles east of Indianapolis. Uh, there were a f- there are a few small retention ponds in that area where she was found, but no real bodies of water, according to the rescue director. Uh, she was literally in the middle of town. Uh, the rescue wow. uh, shared a video. Uh, it's just you can imagine the video. It's just the duck being let into uh, yeah. a, a, like a pool uh, or like a retention pond. Sure. And uh, the, the duck was uh, was strong, uh, finished her medications, like you should always finish your antibiotics, yeah, and ready to be wild again. So oh, nice. Rosalini, the Arctic duck, uh, let free. Back Another uh, case of humans helping animals. In this case, it was in New York, and it was the rescue of a coyote that was stranded on a log in Lake Erie. This, uh, this coyote was found shivering, and chilly, chilly cold. So the SPCA went out with the team and found this coyote stranded on a log tied to a dock. Yikes. The coyote initially fled into the 43 degree water, but when she realized that was a bad decision, she tried to claw her way back up onto the log. And that is when the SPCA officers managed to snare her. She was shivering and exhausted from being uh, near the water and in the water for about three hours given care overnight, and then cleared to return to the wild the next day. Thanks, people who help animals. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have some donkey story that you put in here. Um, oh, the donkey story. I love this. You've heard of a therapy dog? Well, how about a therapy donkey? That is what happened with this sweet, sweet little donkey where they're taking a a, a donkey into um, a rest home instead of a therapy dog. It's really sweet how everyone really responds to this therapy donkey. Just kind of a cute animal story there. But let's move to the Bonzo dog because I hadn't even heard of what a Bonzo dog is. Yeah, so this is a Bonzo stuffed dog. I guess Apparently that was this, popular once upon a time. This was a likeness of a cartoon character in 1927 and it's up for auction and it's expected to fetch, get it, 
fetch up to $45,000. For an old stuffed animal? EJ's auction and appraisal said the stife begging bonzo dog, uh, only one of only 115 produced, was uh, based on a British artist's George Studies cartoon character, Bonzo. They came up uh, for sale, and um, it happens now and again, not very often. According to the appraiser, it's not something you're going to buy and let your dog play with or give to a child. This is going to be a specialty piece. It's really rare. The auction house said the dog was purchased by a Phoenix resident at a Michigan flea market nearly 40 years ago. So this sounds oh, like something stories. you might find on uh, Antiques yep. Roadshow. Absolutely. So few of these begging bonzo dogs were made because Study was dissatisfied with the German company his, uh, that his work was, um, you know, that was creating the work. And so he decided sure. to use a different company. Um, previous Bonzo dogs have sold from for twenty five thousand to forty five thousand dollars. Can you and, imagine uh, paying that much for a stuffed animal? Bidding closes on Saturday, so if you want to go oh, find the Bonzo dog, in case you want to fork out all that money for that dog, yeah, that would be rough. Um, <laughs> pretty good. Let's talk about this pizza. I didn't even know there were this many types of cheeses. This I don't pizza, know if this can qualify as pizza, can it? I guess it. I, I guess it, it looks like does. a cake, doesn't it? I don't yeah. know. That's a pretty top-heavy pizza. This pizza has Kinda set looks a record. Like a couple, it does. A couple of French chefs put this together, and they topped it with one thousand one varieties of cheeses. This cheesemaker and two French chefs uh, came came up with this. They uh, <laughs> they broke the Guinness World Record for the most varieties of cheeses on a pizza. I don't know how that's going to taste because you're going to have like sweet cheeses and and bitter cheeses and I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of cheese, but mm, I don't know about this one. The new team, the team's new pizza, also took the record for the largest display of cheese varieties that was previously set at 730 also by a french chef in 2016 940 of the pungent pies cheeses come from france others were sourced from different countries around the world um yeah new world record for the number of cheeses that you can slap on a pizza i don't know if it was because i found the story when i was like after i had lunch but it just seemed nauseating like it just seems it doesn't look good to me at all. And I bet it doesn't smell good. And I bet it tastes weird. And I'm not normally concerned about my stomach when it comes to cheese. But like looking at that, my stomach's like, no. Mm, no, it's a little Gross. too much. I mean, maybe all the cheeses separately would be good. But together, no thanks. No. Maybe you'd like it if you were smoking weed. Um, <laughs> next and story. then anything is possible. Mexico's weed nuns. I didn't even know there were weed nuns. Oh, yeah. They want to take the plant back from the narcos. Uh, beneath each full moon on the outskirts of a village in central Mexico, a group of women in nun habits circle around a roaring fire, cleanse themselves with burned sage. They sound like witches. And give thanks for the moon, animals, and plants. Um, then they deeply inhale from a joint and, and blow clouds of marijuana into the flames. Despite their clothing, these women are not Catholic. Shocker. Or any other religion. Um, well, if it was Catholic, they wouldn't let the women uh, participate. Uh, they are part of an international group founded in 2014 called the Sisters of the Valley, which has pledged to spread the gospel of the healing powers of cannabis. In the United States, where two dozen states have legalized recreational marijuana, the group has also launched a successful small business selling CBD tinctures, oils, and salves online and raking in over half a million dollars last year. But in Mexico, where a drug war has ravaged the country and Christianity is embedded in society, the image of a marijuana-smoking nun is more of an act of rebellion, the women say. 
The sisters frequently post on social media, primarily Instagram, where they can be seen caring for their cannabis crops, giving workshops, and attending cannabis-related events. Their product sales are a fraction of that of their U.S. sisters, around 10000 annually. But while prominently uh, prominent online, the women, five in total, are cautious about giving away too much about their location of the operations. They conduct business out of a two-story concrete false storefront with one finished room. And because cannabis sits in a legal gray area in Mexico and much of its production is still tied to criminal organizations, they worry that police or local gangsters could arrive to threaten or extort them. Secret um, weed nuns. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> read more about this, just Google uh, uh, weed, uh, nun, weed nuns Mexico. You'll find it. Let's talk about the Sierra. A lot of people headed to Tahoe and the Sierra this weekend. The CHP, you know, their job is to keep everybody safe, but they've added a little snark to their tone. They are either dissing tourists that are coming up to the snow. The They put out these posts, watch out for out-of-towners. They think it's safe to sled on the side of the highway. Mm, okay. And then, you know, you see the this girl, little girl falling off the sled and the people falling. This is from this California Highway Patrol. This is what they put out. Their quote is, the California Highway Patrol would like to remind locals and out-of-towners alike to not park along the highways to play in the snow while traveling through the Sierra. So while it's snarky, if it gets the message out to people that you can't just pull off to this, to this shoulder, get out and frolic in the snow, that it's not safe... Okay, I think so. Um, but, it, you know, maybe they should have been a little nicer about it. They say we've seen it all. It's gotten worse since COVID. All of a sudden, we have people in spots they're not supposed to be. Last year, they said we have someone sled off the mountain and smacked their head onto Highway 50. It was an adult, not a child, a grown woman who slid into traffic and hit her head on the roadway. Thank God no cars were coming in that lane. The CHP wrote more than 100 tickets and towed several cars parked illegally at Echo Summit and Emerald Bay over the Christmas weekend. They just stop when they see the snow and they play there and then it's a domino effect one car stops to go sledding everybody does it people don't want to pay for a park for parking so they stop by the side of the road literally in front of a sign that says no parking tow away zone so they're getting frustrated that's why they put out this meme no yeah well they might want to be careful with their snark because instant karma may come back to the chp airborne debris oh. impales the windshield of a chp patrol car Yikes. That's right. CHP officer said on uh, he was not injured when a piece of debris impaled the windshield. This is like when we've talked about Final Destination movies. Totally. This is how I think I'm going to go out on the freeway. Oh, no. But this was CHP Bakersfield. And they said in a Facebook post that the officer was driving the patrol car when the truck in front of them ran over a piece of debris, a leaf spring, and sent it flying through the air. The debris impaled the windshield of the patrol vehicle. Uh, looks like it was on the other side from the driver. That's good. But the officer was not injured. You never know when you may have oh. to take evasive action to avoid an object in the roadway. Please report debris in the roadway by calling 911. Um, that's the plea of the CHP. And don't um, sled on the side of the freeway. No. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen this yes. new, this new uh, this guy? He's a librarian in Fairfield. He makes these Instagram videos that have amassed more than 740,000 views in some cases. He's being compared to a cross between Mr. Rogers, Bob Ross, and LeVar Burton. He's in Fairfield. He's he's just this cool guy. He's super kind. He's encouraging to kids. Looks Wants like he's wearing like bookshelf camo. 
Like he yeah. can blend into the bookshelf. <laughs> he does. He's just a colorful, fun guy. What can I say? He tries to make it fun along the way, but he also gets serious. He talks about his struggles with mental illness, how hard some days are. And he's just this real dude who makes people want to come to the library. And he is putting out these Instagram posts that people all over the place are, are flocking. Again, 740,000 views in some cases. He's got this kind of wacky demeanor about him but he's also kind of infectious he brings this joy yeah, i was gonna say he's not like a marijuana librarian is he um maybe <laughs> i wouldn't say no <laughs> no come on down dude we know he's not drinking beer that's what we know oh that's right because beer sales have plunged to the lowest level in 24 years thanks to bud light's disastrous dylan mulvaney campaign uh, uh, that can't be the only thing, though. Uh, beer sales in the U.S. are expected to plunge to their lowest level since 1999. They're saying largely due to Bud Light's massive fall off after its disastrous tie up um, with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, sales declined by more than 5% in the first nine months of the year, dragged down not only by the backlash of boycotts against Anheuser-Busch. Mm. Um, yeah, that was that would be a boycott. So I wouldn't say you, like, it's because people that stopped that drinking beer. That many people right? were playing along with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Bud Light sales have steadily declined each month by 25 to 30 percent. Mm -hmm. um, the fiasco unseated Bud Light as the number one selling beer in the U.S. after two decades of dominance. Well, maybe it woke people up to the fact that it tastes like garbage. Um, <laughs> while other beers grabbed some of Bud Light's market share with Constellation brands Modelo unseating Bud Light. Um, Modelo is much better. And Molson Coors brand uh, don't care for Coors because they were very anti-LGBT mm -hmm. in the past. And Miller Light seeing upticks. Uh, if you have to pick a crap beer, pick Miller Light. Um, their their growth did not did not make up for Anheuser Busch's declines. So um, I, I'm guessing this is mostly like in the Midwest, and people are probably moved on to you know other things. They're drinking more hard liquor and. And, BA uh, Ware thinks it's about people being in too much debt. He says my local brewery is way down in business, and people are in too much debt is uh, is our theory. I don't know. Well, as a bartender, former bartender, I find that people still have money for alcohol. <laughs> it's amazing what we full. will prioritize. Yeah. Speaking of enough money to buy a drink, Vilma coming through with the $5. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you, too, yeah, Vilma. Thank, thank you, you Vilma. That. That's so uh, You can get a beer for that. Overall, Absolutely. beer sales have uh, also been hit as millennials and Gen Zers. This is what makes sense. Have ditched. Uh, the brews for other alcohol-infused products like mm -hmm. um, canned cocktails or simply drink, drink less than previous generations. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Vikings. I love a good Viking story. They didn't have a very good Viking dental plan, it turns out. When they had toothaches in Viking land, they filed down those teeth. Yeah, they are now finding out looking at skulls and looking at the x-rays of the teeth here, that dental problems did plague Vikings. More than 2,300 juvenile and adult teeth found near a church in Sweden dating back to the 10th through 12th century CE had evidence of dental problems. They had evidence of tooth decay, uh, oral disease uh, that some tried to treat. This is from PLOS One, the study published December 13th. And though they had dental uh, issues, they tried to file their teeth down. Yeah. Uh, yikes. So I guess they probably didn't have a lot of anesthetic right back then. But teeth were filed down. They were recovered from the excavation site. And it showed that 
um, people picked their teeth likely to keep them clean. And that then if they had problems, they would file down the teeth. So yeah, not the best dental thing. There were evidence of uh, tooth extractions. So sometimes they yanked out teeth, some type of professional or individual with teeth issues themselves. They say the prevalence of uh, dental issues in the population, similar to what's been noted in other European populations from the time. But a lot of, the, of these people, a quarter of them appeared to have lost teeth before death and they died a lot younger then. So mm. I don't think insurance is going to cover that. I don't think so either. No. You imagine having your teeth filed down without any anesthesia? No. 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 Mm -mm. Um, let's see. If you want a good dental plan, you probably should get a college degree. Um, but why so many <laughs> young men are abandoning college degrees? Oh, no. What's happening? What? A large number of men are foregoing college, leading to alarming gap between their teeth. Uh, alarming gap between university-educated men and women, according to a new study. The Pew Research Center. Oh, they're really good discovered a large drop in male Hispanic high school graduates turning away from four-year colleges. While 42% were in attendance in 2011, the number fell to 33%. So from 42% down to 33% in 2022. White males had a substantial drop as well. While 49% attended college in 2011, the number moved to 40% in 2022. The gap was significant for white high school graduates as female white graduates were most likely to enroll in college at 50%. So why are the young men fleeing higher education in droves? In part, the migration of young men away from college can be explained by a growing and widespread skepticism over higher education and the high school debt, or I'm sorry, the high student debt. Uh, it often leads to, according to experts, in 2022, the total number of 18 to 24-year-olds enrolled in college had declined by 1.2 million since its peak in 2011. That coincided with the growing $1.75 trillion of student debt nationwide. And some businesses are getting rid of college degree requirements. A November survey of 800 U.S. companies by Intelligent.com found that 45% of companies will get rid of bachelor degree requirements for some positions next year. And another recent survey of 70,000 small businesses found that 67% of the surveyed employers believe college graduates aren't prepared for the workforce. Um, quote, mm. the higher ed system has worked itself out of a job, according to Red Balloon CEO Andrew Krapuschetz. Crapuche, crapuche. Oh, that's crapuche, a great name. Crapuchettes. Uh, by losing focus on the mission of preparing their students. Oh, crapuchette. Uh, their students <laughs> for the career. They become a non factor or even a non, uh, negative factor in helping job seekers find a job. Uh, but that doesn't tell the full story. The reduced number of college students is largely led by men, with one, uh, 1 million fewer young men in college today and just point. 2 million fewer young women compared to 2011. So um, overall, wow. overall, uh, sorry, let me get rid of that ad. Overall, That's surprising. Only, yeah, overall 39%, these pop-up ads are the bane of my existence, um, but we'll just leave it there. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, young men, no likey the college. Yeah, I guess not. Wow. Mm. Let's talk about fruit in your refrigerator you know sometimes you put in fruit like i'll put in strawberries or raspberries and it seems like molds pops up like that sometimes you don't even raspberries get to... seem to come pre-installed with mold don't they i mean really even if you kind of sh shake it around and look at the bottom and try to make sure there's no mold it seems like you always get at it least seems one to depend on the source too i there's a reddit like thread if you google like um trader joe's fruit mm -hmm. mold that 
a lot of Trader Joe's fruit um, is moldy. And then they have people claiming to be employees chiming in saying that like the boxes in the back have mold. Like there's some Ooh. mold problem in their distribution. Um, well, it looks like plants might fight mold with molecules and bubbles. They're not just sitting there being overtaken. They fight back. Yes, uh, mold thrives in warm temperatures, but now we know it can also grow in the refrigerator by producing spores. The spores go airborne, accumulate inside of your fridge, and then infect fruits and vegetables. But according to this study published in Cell Host and Microbe, December 15th, plants may not. (laughs) Yeah, did you want that? Uh, Plants may not completely be defenseless against this creeping fungus. In the lab, researchers observed how the plants send small lipid bubbles called extracellular vesicles that are filled with RNA and mRNA molecules that attack the cells of the aggressive mold. Once the bubbles are inside, the molecules can suppress the infectious mold cells. They say at UC uh, Riverside, plants are not just sitting there doing nothing. They're trying to protect themselves from the mold, and now we have a better idea of exactly how they're doing that so there's a fight in your fridge the fruits are fighting back oh no i know i didn't know that they were trying to defend themselves but it makes sense right i guess it does oh um, my Lu- goodness Lu- wow. oh, you just clicked on it sorry louise for 50 dollars since wow. there's no show on my birthday this sunday he writes i guess this is my pre- after party. It just doesn't serve Bud Light. I find its crappy taste offensive, and I'm sure not even Satan drinks it. He seems oh, more like I would never touch that swill. He seems more like a fireball type. Is that true, Satan? Yes, fireball. <laughs> um, keeping it live in 2024. Luis, what a kind and wonderful thing you've done. But make Thank sure you, you get the big bottles because they have the alcohol in them. The little bottles of fireball, BS. No. Not very good. Huge, huge thank you for the the $50 contribution. Thank you for always celebrating the show. We'll give you some balloons for your Sunday birthday. Thank you, Louise. Happy birthday. You have very good taste, Louise. I appreciate that. Come down for a party sometime. (laughs) It'll be hot. I'm sure people always say this to you, but happy new year and happy birthday. So thanks, Louise. Happy birthday, Louise. Yeah. Oh, it got really dark. Oh, sorry. I'll fix it. There you go. Technical errors. Um, Let's do some entertainment news. Let us do this because I guess Pierce Brosnan got busted. Yeah, no license to stroll. Pierce Brosnan cited for off-limits walk at Yellowstone Park. James Bond star is in hot water, get it, for stepping out of bounds at the Hot Springs area in the United, uh, the U.S. National Park and must appear in court. Uh, his oh. fictitious movie character James Bond has been in a, a lot of hot water plenty of times, but is now facing heat in real life. This writer went a little too far. Charged with stepping out of bounds in a thermal area during a recent visit to Yellowstone. Brosnan walked in an off-limits area at Mammoth Terraces. Uh, Mammoth Terraces. In the northern part of Yellowstone, it near the Wyoming-Montana so border. Um, I've actually been there. Yeah, I think no. that's where they have like the, the wooden kind of like decks. And you know what? I stayed on them because I'm a rule follower. Oh, Unlike Pierce Brosnan. Uh, so, no, because you, otherwise, you, may, you may face two federal citations like he is mm-hmm. issued this week. Brosnan 70 is scheduled for a mandatory court appearance on the 23rd of January in the courtroom of the world's oldest national park. Well, they have their own courtroom. Um, the, 
the Dublin Summer. The Associated Press sent a request for comment to his Instagram uh, account on Thursday and email messages to his agent and attorney. Yellowstone officials declined to comment. Brosnan was in the park on a personal visit and not for film work, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for Wyoming, um, which I don't think is in Yellowstone. That would be funny, though. It's like with the with the with the uh, bears and the and the and the bison. Um, they really get bust you. You step out of bounds and you're <laughs> yeah. like done. Wow. With a jury of your peers or some animals. Mammoth oh. Terrace is a, is a scenic spot of mineral encrusted hot springs bubbling from a hillside. There are only some of the park's hundreds of thermal features, which range from spouting geysers to gurgling mud pots with uh, water at or near the boiling point. Going out of bounds in such area can be dangerous. Some of the millions of people who visit Yellowstone each year get badly burned by ignoring warnings not to stay, not to stray off the t- trail. Getting caught can bring legal peril too, with jail time, hefty fines, and bans from the park handed down to trespassers regularly. Uh, in addition to his four James Bond movies, Brosnan starred in the 1980s TV series Remington Steel and is known for yeah. starring roles in the films Mrs. Doubtfire and The Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. I can't believe you get so busted for going off off trail, but I guess that's the well, way it goes. It could, it could kill you, and I'm, they're probably yeah. tired of that. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. Let's talk Gary about Oldman. this. Gary Oldman, you know, it's funny. He's his own worst critic. I loved him in the Harry Potter movies, but he says oh, his work in that those movies was mediocre, and if he could do it again... He would do it completely differently. Hmm. He would have taken a more serious approach to playing serious black in serious. the Harry Potter movies. He said, I think my work is mediocre in it. Um, he was on this podcast called Happy, Sad, Confused. He said, maybe if I had read the books, like his late co-star Alan Rickman did, that he'd feel hmm. differently. He said he'd gotten ahead of the curve, Rickman. And if I had known that what was coming, honestly, he said, I think I would have played it differently. Mm, so um, he didn't it's do his not homework. just that's true. It's not just the role in a, the Potter movies that Gary Oldman is not happy with. He said, I put it all on fire and burn it and do it again. Wow. When he talked about his acting portfolio, including Dracula in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he said he's not crazy about that performance. He does say he has a tendency to nitpick his own work. It's a healthy habit, he said, that boils down to just wanting to make the next things better. So he was in four out of the eight Potter movies. Um, and I, I'm surprised that he's not happy with it. He was so good in those movies. Well, if he was in four of the eight movies, he probably should have read the books. I guess so. <laughs> There's no excuse for not reading um, the If books. you want to see him in something good, if you have Apple TV... Uh, there's a sh- there's a, a show that it's a British show, but it's on Apple TV. It's called um, um, Slow Horses, and oh. it's like a thriller. It's MI5, not MI6, but MI5. Okay. So it happens within uh, England, um, and it's that I like the 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 way that it's shot because it's only like eight episodes or six episodes per season mm-hmm. per series. So it's kind of like BBC style, and that means that you, there's not a lot of filler. Like every episode is like you know. Has it's on the edge of your that seats. You say that because I just saw someone on the Mark Thompson show in the chat say that was really good as well. Slow horses. Well, that was a very so. smart individual. Mm, yes, yes, it was. Um, another story. Was it John, John finished watching him in Slow Horses last night. Oh, cool! I'll have to check that out. What channel did you say it's on? It's Apple TV. You don't have okay. it, do you? I do, do actually. It came oh. with my it came with my phone service, my Verizon phone service. Yeah, check it out. It's yeah. good. It's not too long. It's only like six episodes, and there's three. They call them series, but three seasons. Okay. Um, Amazon Prime Video will start showing ads next month. 
So even if you're paying for the service, the Amazon Prime video, yeah, uh, you have to cough up an extra $2.99 a month for the ad-free alternative. And if you don't, then you have to sit through the advertisements. They say it will allow them to continue investing in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time. And pay for rockets. They aim to have meaningfully fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming providers. So if I know something is on uh, Freebie, or what's the other one that has ads? If I see something I want to watch, but yeah, a 2B or whatever, I won't click on it because I don't want to sit through those. You know, sometimes it's like five minutes worth of ads. You're spoiled now. I am. So don't try to bring ads back to me. I don't want Is there a shortage of revenue at Amazon that I'm not aware of? Apparently, I, I mean, you would think keep on blowing up rockets. What, what's going on over there? No, you um, know, it's disturbing. Speaking of Amazon, mm. um, you know, during the Christmas season, you know, these um, UPS trucks and Amazon trucks are trying to yeah. deliver packages. <laughs> there's, I almost want to report it because it's not safe. But there's an Amazon driver who's going around with like his side door open, driving around the neighborhood and like, like and slid, <laughs> slid back or slid like open. flapping. Open, oh. like slid back like a van door slid all the way yeah. back and and um making like u-turns and just like completely unsafe the Isn't side ridiculous? door where the packages are yeah wow think about the packages too i could think that things would be flying out on city streets right. but i guess he's not concerned well he's not going very fast but still it's not safe um, because sometimes there's oh, the doors to the passenger cab like where no. the driver sits this is are like open? the back of a van like on the side wow. all the way back Hmm. Well, I'm not excited about ads coming to Amazon Prime starting in the new year. I don't think that's good. Ooh, hiss. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and then we have a story about Vegas weddings. Oh, excellent. We'll be right back on the After Party Live. That's right. Here comes the break. Let's go with Satan. Hey, everybody. It's your friend Satan. Love me or hate me, The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10, 15, 20 dollars, 666 dollars, it would keep this party very, very hot and heavy. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up, isn't that the truth? The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. I know what you're thinking, why should I be tempted by the devil, but come on guys, it's not like I'm asking you for your soul. <laughs> A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Thank you to our ongoing contributors, Brian V, Julie D, and Pamela K. Yes, you guys are so appreciated. And Vilma with $5 super sticker. Uh, Thank you very much. And Louise with the birthday $50. Thank you, Louise. Um, Thanks to you guys. I think we're reaching our... uh, our fundraising uh, goal Yay. for this month. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you so and much. I, I loved that what you did with the Satan thing. It was really I funny. didn't think Satan was going to be that popular, but you know what? Give the people what they want. <laughs> and guess. apparently Satan has tempted many a soul. And there's a reason I, for it. You know, he's marketable. I love how Satan sounds so like, you know, bored with everything, nonchalant. Matter maybe. Fact, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's clever. It's cool. It's the after party. You know, chill out. He's so flexible, that guy. (laughs) The fire pit, get it? Tell me about 
weddings because what we have here is <laughs> what we have here is a very popular wedding a contract? <laughs> <laughs> your life will never be the same oh that's funny oh man one two three one two three yeah it's all about the ball and chain right uh so weddings <laughs> here in uh Let's see, get the photo clicky click. One, two, three and counting Las Vegas weddings could hit a record on New Year's Eve thanks to the date's pattern. I didn't even realize it. For better or for worse, a wave of couples saying I do in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve could set a record for the city's busiest wedding day ever. That's because the date is one, two, right? December Mm -hmm. three, one for the date and two, three for 2003. So it comes out to one, two, three, one, two, three, three. Huh. So I it's known think about that. Yeah. in the massive Las Vegas wedding industry as a specialty date, thanks to the Uh-oh. repeating one two three one two three pattern. Uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal reported the icing on the cake. This specialty date falls on a holiday famous for blowout celebrations. It's a double whammy, according to Melody Willis Williams, mm. who has a lot of names, president of the <laughs> Vegas wedding, uh, president of Vegas Weddings, who operates multiple venues. Anytime you get these specialty dates, you're always hugely popular. But tie that in with New Year's Eve, and it's a showstopper. The number to beat on New Year's Eve is 4,492. The single day record for marriages in Las Vegas set, set on 777, July 7, oh, 2007. I can see why, yeah. The second most popular specialty wedding date on record with the county's marriage bureau is 11, 11, 11. Okay. November 11th, 2011, when 3,125 couples tied the knot. Typically, New Year's Eve has drawn somewhere between 450 to 550 couples to wed in Las Vegas since 2018. But not this year for Vegas weddings. The company is fully booked on midnight uh, at its multiple venues, including its brown brick chapel in downtown Las Vegas with a white steeple and red awning. Uh, Willis Williams and the rest of her names said that the company alone expects to wed more than 120 couples on New Year's Eve. Five of those couples will tie the knot just as the clock is counting down to midnight. Clark County Clerk Lynn Marie Goya, who also has a lot of names, said couples married on a specialty date in Las Vegas have described them as magic dates that are easy to remember. Uh, one, that's for three, the husband's benefit. It's the husband's for the husband's benefit, right? Like, exactly. When were you married? Uh, one, two. What's the password? One, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. I think the celebration that has, uh, you know, that's going to be their password and their, their combo for their um, for anything, uh, you know, like a vault. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, the celebration uh, that has a group dynamic is really appealing when everyone is in line and they're all getting married and excited about being loved. It just enhances their own experience. So uh, okay. there you go. One, two, three, one, two, three, which could also be yeah, the dance steps. I one, love two, it. Three, one, two, three. Um, when you have ramen noodles, did you know that you're eating an ass load of salt? An ass load of salt. I haven't. I don't think I've had them since junior <laughs> high, I want to say. Or maybe oh, really? College. My kid, yeah. Yeah, I knew that there was sodium. So I didn't I read, realize I pack, it. I read packages. Well, good for <laughs> you. Didn't you. Know there was salt in I mean, I didn't noodles? realize how much it's it pure didn't, salt. doesn't taste salty, but I, I guess that's know. why it tastes so good. I don't know. Your, your taste buds are have been dulled. <laughs> Maybe. I blame Satan. High salt processed noodles. <laughs> They've become a favorite Nobody's meal. You to do anything. <laughs> Nobody's forcing you to eat the ramen. They're a cheap meal, and right. in developing countries, a lot of people eat these. Sometimes that that's all they eat, and so nutritionists are warning this can come with serious health costs. In uh, one brand called Oguntoye, 
there's two packets that you put in like flavoring packets and they're 70 grams, but that equates to about 2,352 milligrams of sodium. That is 118% of the World Health Organization's recommended daily intake. Whoa, 118%. The concern is that the popularity of these instant noodle type products are spreading in developing countries, Africa, South America, parts of Asia, where noodles may not be part of traditional diets. And it's come with a lot of concerns about their link to diseases, especially heart disease, because of the high levels of salt. But people are attracted to them because they're affordable and they taste good and they're unaware of the health problems they can cause because in other countries they have very weak labeling regulations. So it's yeah, a very popular meal. Yeah. The run of the mill basic uh, noodle, instant ramen noodle, mm-hmm. is like 88% of your suggested salt for the that's day. crazy 88%. so that's just like a regular like those rectangular bricks that you, you know mm-hmm. and it's from the packets that you empty in right what if you didn't empty in the packets uh i don't i'm, I'm maybe Less it's salt, maybe, maybe the maybe the noodles have salt embedded in them i'm not sure yeah i, di- I, I didn't research the story <laughs> well even uh in korea they're eating this a lot And I guess the data they've released is that in the first 10 months of the year, the sales of these products were up 25%. So there's concern around the world where... There's a lot of preservatives that you may not want to eat. There's MSG in them. There's TBHQ. Have you heard of TBHQ? God. Tertiary butyl hydroquinone. Yikes. More commonly known as TBHQ is a common ingredient in instant ramen noodles. It's a preservative to extend the shelf life and... Present or prevent the spoilage of processed foods. Well, that so doesn't sound it's considered good. safe in small doses, but animal studies have shown chronic exposure to this chemical may lead to neurological damage. There you yeah, go. yeah. Watch out for the ramen, everybody. Gonna get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have a piece of history that needs help, and it needs it fast. Um, are you familiar with the Vasa ship? I am. I haven't been there. Have you? Yeah, I have. And it's pretty cool. And you probably should check it out before it falls apart. Uh, we have a lot of cracks. Uh, it's it's right in Stockholm. So it's easy, easy to get there if you're in staying in Stockholm. Um, we have a lot of cracks. Swedes see, uh, seek to save the Vasa warship again. Sweden's most popular tourist attraction, a 17th century vessel that found, foundered minutes after its launch, needs another financial rescue. Its beginnings were ill-fated 333 years ago. 333 years ago? (laughs) Times two, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 333 years on the seabed floor after sinking uh, minutes into its maiden voyage. But in the years since it has been salvaged, the 17th uh, century Swedish warship Vasa has gone on to become one of Sweden's most popular tourist attractions. It's pretty cool. Um, The vessel, however, now faces a fresh challenge to its survival as the conservators warn of its risk of collapse if it doesn't get uh, a new 100 and uh, let's see about 12 million 12 million 11 million dollars oh, wow. to support it um it, it, this this museum is pretty cool because they built the building around the ship that's awesome when i've yeah. seen pictures of it it really feels like i mean to have a relic this old it yeah. feels like you're you're really reaching out to touch history yeah, uh, where the ship has been on display since 1990, um, it urgently needs this replacement support cradle and a new internal support skeleton. The launch of an extravagantly decorated ship commissioned by Gustav II Adolf, different Adolf, 
at the height of the Swedish Empire mm. was intended to demonstrate the king's power. <laughs> it sank just 1,300 meters into its journey. Since it was raised from the protective brackish waters of the Baltic in 1961, it's had an active afterlife at the after party and attracted more than 1 million visitors every year. Uh, the project of the museum, Magnus Olufsen, said the wood of the ship was already starting to fracture. We have a lot of cracks already and we don't uh, want to have any more, pointing to yeah. the diagonal split on the port side of the bow. In the end, the ship would collapse. Their preservation problems are caused in part by its steel cradle, which has laid in since 1964. They said it's putting too much pressure on the ship, creating cracks and de uh, uh, deforming the ship, basically. That's too bad. Yeah. Another factor is the wood, which has been chemically broken down from within by the pollution it absorbed in the sea. You know, acid What do you think about spending that much money? Do you think it's worth it? Or do you think, I'll let it go? It's up to the Swedes. It is up to the Swedes. I mean, I kind of like preserving. They sell a lot like of furniture. <laughs> yes, they do. All right, let's talk about this invasive sea slug. Look at Doris. Mm, Doris is a cutie. Doris the Explorus. Doris the Explorus. Scientists say they've discovered an invasive sea slug native to Europe in the Long Island Sound. They found Doris pseudoargus during a lobster track recovery program to get back traps that were lost over the decades of fishing. This slug, often referred to as a sea lemon, for its bright yellow color is only about an inch and a half long, but researchers right now are looking into potential impacts that this species could have on this area. Apparently, Doris is hungry. She likes to eat stuff. So the sea lemon has arrived in the Long Island Sound. Very cool. I'm Get used out, to uh, creatures that are hungry all the time and want yeah. food. That's Doris. That's Doris, Doris. the Explorers. Yeah. Doris the Explorers. <laughs> a uh, woman has sued the city of Los Angeles. Now, why would a woman be suing the city of Los Angeles? That's because her husband sent nude photos of her to co-workers. Uh, you mean ex-husband? <laughs> You may be saying <laughs> soon to be ex-husband. You may be saying, but why are you suing the city of Los Angeles? Well, he's a cop. Oh. And she's a cop. Mm, that's, that's right. <laughs> Judge Judy, where are you? Paging Judge Judy. One year after an LAPD officer was charged with six misdemeanor counts for allegedly sending sexually explicit photos and videos of his wife to LAPD colleagues and other men, the woman, also a police officer, is suing the city of Los Angeles. The woman's lawsuit filed Wednesday charges at the depart charges the department with sexual harassment, whistleblower retaliation, and failure to take all reasonable steps to prevent sexual harassment and retaliation. She speaks unspecified damages. I'm guessing uh, a representative for the city attorney's office did not immediately reply to a request for comment. The plaintiff's husband, Brady Lamas, is awaiting trial on six counts of disorderly conduct by distributing a private intimate image, according to a criminal complaint filed in L.A. County Superior Court last December. How does he do this and not think that he's going to get in trouble? Exactly. He must not have. He must have been so angry that he didn't care. Yeah, the complaint alleges that Lamas, 46 years old, passed around sexually explicit photographs and exp sexually explicit videos of his wife to other officers. My own husband is a predator, and he preyed on me. Mm -hmm. I would have preferred that he punched me in the face, she wrote when applying for the restra restraining order. It's all, if you're applying for a restraining order, 
<laughs> you probably shouldn't mention punching. Yeah. Uh, his actions, she claimed, led to her being sexually harassed by other officers in the department. Behavior, she alleges, has continued over the last year. Two officers whom she claims made harassing comments were not transferred, according to the suit. And LAPD did nothing to ensure that the images would no longer be shared by any of the officers who had obtained them. Um, the, the department simply did not care enough to do all that was necessary to protect the plaintiff, the suit states. God, can you imagine what a violation of trust? I mean, even if your relationship falls apart, you would think there are some things that are sacred. I guess not. Well, and gets this. She's been with LAPD for 14 years. She originally came upon the images in January 2021 when she saw a group chat on her husband's phone in which Lamas shared nude <gasps> photos and videos with a man she did not know. Yeah. As Mama Day Three Boys says, what a total perv. And that's how she figured out the sexually harassing, why she was receiving all these sexually harassing comments. Right? Well, she didn't understand at the sense. time. Mm-hmm. It's because he was sending these videos. Um, she's like, that's unusual, but didn't know that the images had been sent by her husband. Um, she was felt frozen and in fear and humiliated. Of course. Um, yeah. Well, number one, don't let people take naked nudie pictures of you because you well, never here, know. She you can't trust he had, anybody. He had surreptitiously taken photos of her naked body during several visits at a doctor's office after, <gasps> after she had bre- breast augmentation surgery. She claimed that he then shared the images with the other men, referring to them as before and after pics. Oh, he's gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, guys would come up to her saying, Brady is a lucky man. He doesn't know how good he has it. Wow. wow. Yeah. Ew. That's just ew. That's 100% ew. Yeah. I'm surprised that, that marriage lasted this long. Well, it probably is not going to last very much. No. Long, but anyway. Let us discuss uh, this picture of this man who would look so sad so sad he just wanted somebody to come into his hot dog restaurant this is in oklahoma this owner of a hot dog restaurant wanted customers and during a slow shift a customer took a picture of him this is scott hosek he was standing by his restaurant entrance just waiting for someone anyone to come in So the picture's taken, it's shared on social media, and the minute that happens, people think, oh no, this guy looks so sad. So they ran to this restaurant, Spirals, Hot Dogs, and more in Norman, Oklahoma, and this business started booming. Yeah, there he is, so sad and forlorn, standing at the door, just waiting for customers. The minute this picture was posted... uh, there was this wave of new customers and Hasek said he had no idea, idea why they all were coming in until the person responsible for posting the someone photo. was sharing photos, but these were not newbies. <laughs> That's right. These were the good kind. The, uh, the person who posted the picture came in and said, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to take it down? And he <laughs> no. said, no, not <laughs> at all. Keep it right where it is. He said, you just wouldn't expect it. Social media is amazing. It's amazing that people get involved with it. Most importantly, it's the stuff you just don't think would work. And that is what works. So, um, yeah, people are, are now frequenting this restaurant. The tables are all full and business Food is looks booming. Good. Yeah, it's the hot dog. Spirals hot dogs in Oklahoma. So uh, people will say that service is off the charts. Their food is off the charts. And the Yelp reviews are are strong and business is booming. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Well, after you eat that hot dog, you're going to have to get your steps in. And just 4,000 steps a day may be enough to prevent Alzheimer's disease. 
as few as 4,000 steps a day can maintain brain health and prevent uh, Alzheimer's, according to a new study uh, from the study people. And it's suggesting researchers uh, in the U.S. and Canada explain that simple exercises enhance critical brain regions involved in memory and learning, thereby reducing the risk of dementia. Hmm. Individual, I think the lesson here is like use it or lose it. Right? Yeah. Individuals who uh, regularly engage in walking, running, playing sports exhibited increased brain volume in those crucial areas. The finding is part of a broader investigation by the Pacific Neuroscience Institute's Brain Health uh, Center. In their study, scientists examined the brains of over 10,000 individuals using MRIs. They discovered that those who exercise regularly had pronounced gray matter, which is essential for processing information, and white matter, which connects various brain regions. Additionally, the hippocampus, key area for memory, was more prominent in individuals who exercised. So keep it up. I've done the research on this. 4,000 steps is about 1.78 miles. Right, which is a lot less than the often suggested 10,000 steps. But we've seen articles that say that 10,000 step number was arbitrary and it was like put out there by the Japanese. Um, oh, so maybe okay. it was a little a little too militant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 4,000 steps, 1.78 miles. We can do that, right? And it doesn't yeah. all have to be at once. It'll just be active. Yeah, yeah. Well, you sent me this story and thank you for it because I had no idea. I remember my grandparents had a liquor cabinet. And when they passed, my mom had all their liquor in her liquor cabinet. And I mean, this liquor was old, decades old, because they didn't drink everything all the time. Well, now we know whether alcohol expires. So here's the list of how long your wine, beer, or spirits will last once they are open. And it's good to know. So how long do they last? Spirits? vodka, gin, that type of thing, up to two years, not decades. And if you if you keep them, they won't make you sick, but they won't taste as good. So it's right. important to note. So spirits up to two years. Beer, they say once you open it, you, you got to drink it within a day, maybe two at the most. It doesn't really last. And who wants a flat beer, right? Also check the expiration date on it before mm -hmm. you um, buy it because uh, beer goes skunky. White Especially wine? if it's in a green bottle. If it's in a green bottle, it's going to go um, faster than Oh, a brown I didn't know that. Because huh. the light, the light is introduced oh, into the beer. That makes sense. Um, wine, white wine and rosé, three to five days. You keep it in the fridge, but once you open it, it starts to oxidize and it just doesn't last that long. Um, sparkling wine, one to two days. And again, you know, your, your bubbles are going to go. It's not even sometimes you can put one of those special corks on you know, and pump the, try to pump the oxygen out. But still, once you open it, red wine, they say three to four days. I usually go a little longer than that. Once you open a bottle of red wine, I would, I go up to a week. Does anyone I, have a problem with red wine disappearing? I would guess you do. I don't think <laughs> yes, anyone else has a problem with red wine disappearing. No, I don't know. In the winter, this is interesting. If you open bottles of red wine, they'll last four to five days. But in the summer, because of the heat, only two to three days. So, yeah, alcohol does have an expiration date, it turns yeah, out. Gordon asking brown bottle is better for last. Yeah, before you open it. So if you're storing it, if it's in a brown bottle, it will it will stay longer. But, I mean, you, yeah. you don't want to have old beer regardless. No. Anyway, so so on the after party, we want to keep you guys all uh, your booze tasting good. Just know that. And why are you Ivan. letting the booze sit around? Ivan Mora Jr. 
Woohoo! A $10 super sticker. Nice. Hi, John and Kim. It? I enjoy your show every day. I love your positive energy. I think, she, I think he's talking about you, Kim. Um, of course, I listen to Kim on all your shows. Thank you very Thank oh, you, Ivan Mora Jr. Ivan, what a nice thing. I love the picture, too, and the mustache. Wonderful. And thank you for the $10 contribution. And thanks for being part of all the shows. That's awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. More That's robots. Thank you so robots. much. Robots. Um, yes. Sorry, I was distracted. Um, <laughs> robots. I was distracted. Oh, that is not acceptable. Two robots are patrolling downtown Denver parking garages. Are more coming? Uh, mm-hmm. Lodomus Prime and his sidekick Dave roam two downtown <laughs> Denver parking garages every day, watching people park their car and rush off to appointments in nearby office buildings. If a person lingers too long, uh oh, here we go. Lodomus Prime or Dave will start a countdown five, four, three, two, one. Then the robots Uh-oh. call their human security backup. They resemble R2D2 without the bleeps, boops, and squeaks emitted uh-huh. by the famous Star Wars droid. The robots went to work in the Lodo Towers. So that's Lodo Miss Prime, Lodo Towers. Okay. Um, there are two garages on 17th Street. You know where that is. Yes, right by the Whole Foods, I think. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, after building management recognized an increase in car break ins, um, the firm that manages the property said. Uh, since the company deployed the robots, it's seen more than a 70% ca- uh, drop in car thefts and vandalism. During COVID, security was a concern across many markets, uh, Chang's, the representative says. And Lodo wasn't immune to that. We were researching ways to support our security system, our security team, and we heard about this. We thought it was a very smart innovation. Surveillance long has been a tool of companies looking to boost security inside and outside of their properties. For years, cameras were fixed at doors and on walls to record video of people coming and going. Now there's a new surveillance tool that's becoming more common, autonomous robots. Lodo Towers is the first downtown property where robots roam garages to watch for trouble. Uh, a much more robust public safety system uh, coming to a neighborhood near you. They're five and a half feet tall, three feet wide, and weigh 420 pounds. That's oh, wow. a coincidence, right? Mm. Well, <laughs> gotcha. All right. Stay at home, oh. get baked with the robot. You, are uh, you thinking the developer of the robot had a, had a sense of humor? Yeah, you know, yeah. when bad guys are looking at these things, they're thinking, what's that going to do? Uh, it records a 360-degree video in 4K. They speak with a public address system and have thermal imaging to detect fires, as well gun- as gunshot detection and emergency communication. Maybe we should get them in San Francisco. Mm. Might actually get a response from the police. Uh, yeah, well, if that's all you can hope for, I guess that's something. That's Man. pretty cool. They they look cool, but I don't know about that. And how does Until it? Until RoboCop it, comes after you, does it write you a ticket? And then how does it put Kim, it on your car? You did car? not park perfectly it, between the lines. It has no arms. What does it I do? Am, I am ticketing you. It calls the calls the human. The human oh, calls a human to get. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's interesting and creepy at the same time. What if you get stuck behind it? And they look like, like a. They look like the Daleks. What's that? What's the Daleks? What's the Daleks? Really? Yeah. I don't Doctor know what that Who? is. Doctor oh, Who? Oh, sorry. I'm oh, just not man. as nerdy as you, I guess. I don't know. I bet that oh, robot takes a long time to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people R2 are going to be... Are gonna be yeah. uh, well, yeah. Tell your husband that you didn't know what a Dalek is. <laughs> I'll tell him I'm going to be busted, probably. Yeah. Oh, what if someone steals the robot? Yeah. I don't know. It looks like an expensive piece of gear. There's your daylight. Mm. Oh, oh, it does look like that. Yeah. 
Thank you. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, my question is, who is the dumbass that Me? sells this? Oh. And who is the dumbass that buys it? Because we know these little magnetic balls that are part of parts of toys. <laughs> Not those balls. These balls. Oh. They have been, you don't give a toddler magnets. You don't give a child magnets because they have a tendency to go. You don't give a co-host magnets. You don't give your co-host magnets. You don't do it. We know that people swallow these magnets, especially kids. And then they can, if you swallow more than one, they can kind of clip together within your intestines and cause an intestinal blockage and have serious, serious consequences. So you keep magnets at all costs out of the hands of children well not at walmart at walmart they're selling magnets yes they are and now because they're dumbasses they have to recall the magnetic balls after warnings of choking and injury hazards did they not realize yeah well regulators have now issued a recall for these high-powered magnetic balls the u.s Don't. consumer product safety <clears throat> commission issued several warnings for this toy kit including the risk of injury and even death so now walmart is recalling the relax five millimeter science kit large hematite magnet magnetic stone building blocks sold exclusively on the site through joy buy earlier in december the Consumer Product Safety Commission said these magnets, often marketed for children, are small enough to fit into their small part cylinder. It's a device they use which simulates the width of a child's throat and that they are also magnetically stronger than permitted. If swallowed, these high-powered magnets can attract to each other to other metals inside the digestive system, leading to perforations, twisting, or blockage of the intestine, infection, oh, poisoning, blood, and death. Oh, my God. And still... Is that all? People Right? And people still manufacture and sell this stuff. I know magnets are fun and interesting and sciencey, but who doesn't know this by now? And why would they sell this and put this on their shelves? It doesn't make any sense. The agency estimated 2,500 emergency room visits over magnet ingestions from 2017 to 2021, seven deaths. Two of those were outside the U.S., but still, come on. Uh, the CPUC said customers should take these magnetic balls away from kids immediately and contact JoyBuy for a prepaid label to return the product for a full refund. It was sold from February of 2022 through February. April. Thank you. Through April of 2023 for 14 or 15 bucks. Come on. I mean, we've known about this for years. So I, I re-asked the question. Who is the dumbass that made that? And who is the dumbass that buys it? Come on. Someone's husband. <laughs> is that right? Uh, Calvin says they use, uh, we were talking about the uh, the beer bottles. Someone, they, they use, they say use green bottles for cooking oil to keep them fresh against sunlight. Yeah, I think that that's green versus like clear, oh. right? So the darker the bottle, the less sunlight's going to get through because of the pigment, okay. right? That's good. It makes sense, right? Yeah. I know. And but hopefully they you're not keeping your olive oil like, you know, on the counter. Window. Yeah. Right. They say you're supposed to keep it in the dark darkness of the cabinet. Right. Yeah. Keep it with your potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. With your potato, with your potatoes. That's as right. A, yeah. As, as a daily, I recommend well, keep them I, with, you. keep them with think, your potatoes. 
I think we've about come to the end of our show, but I want to tell you happy new year and that it's just an absolute pleasure to have started this show with you in 2023 and I love you and happy new year. Oh, it yeah. is a, um, I could say, you know, you're the only person I would start up a show with and, uh, it is a pleasure to do the show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so many people have supported us and without that support, we would not have been able to put this on. Um, we're still not financially like viable on our own, but, yeah. um, the idea was to, you know, uh, give Kim another job so she could, uh, <laughs> help pay for the vacations and the Christmas and, uh, Christmas was paid for this year. Thanks to Absolutely. the After Party Live. Thank, thank you, you. After Party Live. Yay. Thank you for your yeah. support. We want to thank Vilma for her $5 Vilma. super Mwah. sticker. Happy New yeah. Year, Vilma. Luis, with your $50. So generous. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Deborah B with $10 super sticker. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. And Ivan Mora Jr. with $10 super sticker. Thank you and, for the nice uh, words, too. That's we have really our um, ongoing contributors, right? We do. We have our ongoing contributors. Let me scroll back because I don't want to leave out Brian V, Julie D, and Pamela K. Also appreciated. Have a wonderful and safe New Year, everybody. Enjoy the celebration. We'll see you on January 2nd of 2024. Happy New Year, John Daly. Happy New Year, Kim McAllister. Um, I'll see you next year, everybody. And Deidre, thank you for the $5 Deidre, super sticker. Deidre, $5 super sticker. Oh, thank you, Deidre. Even though you're at work, you're ultimate multitasker, and we appreciate oh. your support as well. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's all she wrote. We're out of time. Yeah. We'll see you bye next bye. time. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.